And I tell you, I got so much of the word of God, what God wants to say today, that he can drive us to tears. Jesus, one time, he looked over Jerusalem, and he seen a hurting people, and he wept. I wonder how many times Jesus would weep today if he came here into Kenosha, and we see, he see physically some of the things that happens out there. He would say, church, wake up. Well, let me bring you good news. When we're flowing in God, if there's tears, it's tears with joy. When we're flowing in God, the work we do is joy. And I want to share that. I know that there are some of you, by the way, have already plans at 12 o'clock. And I am under a pressure. A lot of good things are happening, and I am under pressure on how short do I keep this. Now, I know that God's going to bless the Packers. And many a times I've gone out after the first quarter and they scored, and I'm thankful they scored. But my prayer is this, that your mind be on what God has put on our heart today. Already much has been spoken. There is still much that God has to give. God's got some good testimony, and I quickly want to bring these people. Nancy, would you come up here? Let me share with you about Nancy. I really love Nancy. Let me tell you, you know. I, I love the young adults, these college, young married couples. They're full of viper, they're full of zeal, and they got a, you know, and, and got, they got a purpose, and they're just being touched, and they see something good in God. But you want to know something? We're not getting old. Amen. We're still young, right? Amen. Amen. And I appreciate Nancy, and I just want her to quickly share what happened at First Assembly. Okay? okay. What have you been doing? Here, whoop. Okay, um, I had been called, I felt I was led of the Lord about three years to come to this beauty shop and I had shared my testimony and talked about Jesus and, and I didn't see a lot happening there and I said to God not long ago, I said, you know, I just don't see anything happening here. I felt like you called me here and it must be for a purpose. And um, then somebody gave me some tickets for the assembly to see that play that was on on Sunday night and through the week. And I had two tickets somebody had given me. My granddaughter had also had some saved for me. And when I got up, I was doing my reading a week ago Friday morning, and it was early in the morning. And uh, I said, you know, God, is there something I'm supposed to do with these tickets? Because I thought, well, I'll go if there's somebody I'm supposed to take. And he said, call Sue. Now, Sue's my boss. I said, she won't want to go. And he said, call Sue. And I knew that I was to call her. And I said, well, you're going to have to repair her heart. She don't want to go. So I got on the phone at 7 o'clock on Friday morning, and I said, Sue, I got two tickets for a play. How'd you like to go at the first assembly? She says, oh, I'd love to. Well, then when I saw it in the paper Sunday morning, I thought, man, Sue's not going to go. I bet, I bet she's going to have something to do. So when I went to pick her up, she said they'd been really busy out the night before and everything and just really rushed around, slept in a little bit, went to church. And she said, oh, Nancy, what's the name of the play? And I said, heaven's gates and hell's flames. And she just kind of 
you know, I thought, oh well. So we got there and um, it was exciting to see people you don't see for a long time and everything. And because um, Sue um, considers herself a Christian also, but she hadn't accepted the Lord. She, I, I wanted, I wanted so much for her to have this gift for all the girls. I've been praying for them ever since I've been there. And when we were sitting there, I thought, man, I hope she don't leave. And um, all of a sudden, the man said, the gate, the, the seats that we were sitting in, he said, nobody is to leave these seats. He said, because if you do, you'll get in with um, the people that per are performing. I thought, well, that takes care of that. <laughs> and uh, there were some really good parts in, in um, am I going too long? Well, you could just get the okay. Anyways, it was very exciting because um, we had to close our eyes when um, they asked about people accepting the Lord, and I did. I'm very obedient that way. I want to open them, but I don't. But then they asked people to come up front, and I could feel this presence leaving, and it was very, very exciting. There had been um, a woman next to me that had was also a hairdresser that had been praying her for. When she left, I came. I took her place. And um, she had been praying for her also. And my boss went up and accepted the Lord. And Karen and Gary from church were here. Bob Johnson, everybody gave her such a... And she knew the angels in heaven were rejoicing. It was no little thing. Amen. And it's been very exciting since. Now, she was so excited that she called my wife and was just bubbling over the phone because she had been praying for this gal for some time. This is the day that gal's name has been written, written in the book of life. And that is exciting. But... That person's name was written in the book of life. But Nancy was excited because within her there was being fulfillment taking place. Sue, you want to come up here now? Okay. Um, Rick, come on up here quickly, okay? Um, on Wednesday night, I went to First Assembly of God and rededicated my life to Christ. And um, Wednesday night when I went to bed, I went to bed at about midnight, and Lord, I was trying to go to sleep, and the Lord woke me up at about 12.15 with a poem that he put on my heart, and then I wrote that one down, and then all of a sudden it's like I got up and got a drink of water and tried to go back to sleep, woke, and couldn't go, to sleep, couldn't go to sleep again. He put another one on my heart, and I'm like, Lord, I really got to get some sleep. You know, and it's like, and then a little while later, you know, it's like, Another one, and by then it was quarter to one. So within a half an hour's period of time with getting drinks and trying to sleep and everything else, the Lord put three poems on my heart, and I'd like to share with you one of them. Be still, my children, don't trouble your heart. I'm here for you, don't ever doubt. My love and grace has filled your lives. Be not afraid, don't believe in their lies. I've taken you this far, trust in me. I'll be by your side, have patience, you'll see. Amen. Isn't that good? That's a speaking God, even at night. Well, the Lord placed a scripture on my heart, and it's uh, Matthew 7, verse 21. That's where it starts. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have not... Have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And I feel the Lord's also adding to that, and it's a scripture that we all grab onto in Romans 8, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Amen. 
the problem with us being, it's like the prophecy of the rain. Can I stick my foot out the door into the rain and say, mm. I'm in the rain? Mm. No, my foot's in the rain. Mm. He wants your whole body in the rain. Mm. He doesn't want part of it. And that's our problem now as Christians. We still have that 10% or maybe it's only 0.1% of us mm. that we're holding on to. We're not giving him 100%. Mm -hmm. And if you're not giving him 100%, as it says in Romans 8, you're not in Christ. Same. You have to be in Christ, it's 100%. It's seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Mm. Excellent. So just let it go. Amen. Trust in him for everything. Amen. Thank you, Rick. Isn't that good? That's our sermon here for today. That's why I said it's our sermon. <laughs> Pray with me that um, we can um, have the time and receive what God wants to say to us this morning. Father, I, I'm so thankful that you're a God, living God, that you're so actively involved with us here. I just pray for this time, Lord. Let this be a time, God, that your anointed word comes across and persuades. Not Don Dano, but you, my Lord. We're only people, God, that are being used in this day to accomplish your work. In your precious name, Jesus Christ, we pray. As I was preparing for this, Tim asked me about a month ago to share about evangelism. And I says, wait, Tim, I want to start a new group because then it's fresh. Tim says, no, you've done a number of groups already. I want you to share. And in the sharing of, in, the, in going before God, God reminded me, like he maybe remind most of you here, where we came from. I remember that, uh, first of all, just share quickly a little bit about my life. When I was dating my wife, my father-in-law at that time didn't know what it to be, looked at me as a bum. He didn't tell that to Carol, but he felt that in his heart. And one day he was so convinced that I was a bum and wasn't good enough for his daughter that he called the cops. I mean, he told me he was going to call the cops that if I ever seen his daughter again. So for 30 days, I did not see Carol because I feared Leon. I knew he knew the right people in town. And he says, even if you didn't commit a crime, I'll make them believe you did. And you can ask Mick, I imagine there was a little fear and troubling, trembling. They know when they got to really know me. Leon really knew me, the, my wife and maybe Mick didn't know me quite as bad. But Leon, men know men, and Leon knew me. Well, as the story goes on, eight years into our marriage, everything Leon felt 
about me, I became what he thought I was going to be. I was an alcoholic. I was into golfing. I was into sports. I was every, into everything else. And my wife and I were growing cold. Till one day, at an Amway meeting, a couple who had been praying for us shared Jesus Christ. And on that day, they invited us over to, the, to their house. I thought it was an Amway training meeting. They had something else in their mind because God put it on their heart. They said, we want to talk to you about something different today because we've been praying. And God showed us that you need to know the Lord. My wife was wide open. I laughed. I was a good Catholic. We got it all. They prayed. My wife was touched. I acted like I was impressed. And as time went on, that was Dick and Betty Joe Chadwick, and I'll never forget that. Some seeds was dropped into my heart. I seen something in them that I didn't see before. They invited me and Carol to go to a Bible study that Bob Johnson had in Libertyville. We walked into that Bible study. It was a prayer meeting. And people were much then like then, like they are today, excited about God. My wife got excited. I thought they were weird. So, but anyway, we went because Dick and Betty Joe Chadwick kept encouraging us to go. And, and that's when I, I got to know a little bit about Bob Johnson. What happened is that the me, in the meantime, they told us about a good Catholic priest that was coming to Kenosha that's filled with the Holy Spirit. So my wife and I ended up in that prayer meeting down here at St. Mary's. And the Father Gino Borney, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized and had a zeal for God that I'd never seen in any other priest. Those three people had a great impact in my life. Later on, as time went on, I got to accept the Lord because what I seen in other people, I got baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think my son, when he gave a testimony a number of years ago, said it right. He says, he says I don't remember too much what my parents acted like. But he says, I knew that something drastically changed. One day, it, it was all of a sudden our house got filled up with love. It was totally different. Well, I want to I read a scripture for you. These are people that had an impact in touching my life. And from that time on, there's other people that have touched my life. But that was the beginning. And those people, I'll never forget. I keep thanking God for those people. Because it was a day for them to share with me. If... They didn't share. I wonder. I don't know. I know I hear scriptures about this and that. But one thing is I don't know if Carol and I would be where we are today. I don't know if I would have the family I have today if they didn't share.
Let's open up. John. John chapter 4. And I think we've heard already the Lord brought things tonight, today about food. Okay? John chapter 4. Verse 32. I have food to eat, that that you do not know. These disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Rick shared something tonight, this morning. He shared about doing God's will. There are some people claim to be doing God's will, but they're not 100% in it. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Don't say I'm going to wait till I get done with college. Don't say I'm going to wait till my marriage is better. Don't say I'm going to wait till I get married. Don't say I'm going to wait till my friends accept the Lord. Today's the day of salvation. Today is the day. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is reaping wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life. That he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. I'm talking about a rejoicing. I'm talking about an excitement. I'm talking about the rejoicing that Nancy has in her. You know, the Lord talks about a harvest. And you know, when I was preparing for this, God reminded me of a farmer and that's what God uses so many times an example of a farmer you know what my dad did every spring of the year the snow was melted off and usually you know when the snow melts it off you see all the dirt but you know when you see the small snow melted off and you see all the dirt and then the garbage in the land it's like we ourselves go before God and there's a time of refreshing. There's a freshness about the spring of the year. And my dad would start planning. It's like an evangelism. It's like the lot that God has given me to farm. There is a planting, a planning that I need to be a part of in my own life. My dad would start preparing. He says, well, it's going to be in about three weeks. I'm going to have to go out and plant the grain. So he'd get the planters ready and he knows that it's sat for a season like sometimes we sit for a season and so he's inspecting all the equipment that he's going to use for the planting because he knows this it's only a short time that he has to plant if he plants too early 
the ground is wet and the seed's going to rot. If you plant too late, it'll hit a dry season sometimes in the summer where there isn't enough root to go down, the corn and grain will wither. Or it doesn't make it and you can't harvest it. So my dad knew this, I've got to be prepared for the season. Okay? Now it's like this over here, I bought this as an example. This over here is an oil can. You can see it's dented because I use it. Now my dad, when he would inspect the equipment, he would see if there's any broken pieces on that, on the equipment, and he would repair that, and then he would oil it really good. Greased it up really good. Because he knew this, that if he had oiled it and greased it up real good, it'll purr like a kitten when he's sowing the grain. He also knows this, that if he does not tune up and make a good plan and grease up where he needs to grease up, he'll end up with a lot of squeaks. You know what a squeaky gear sounds like? Like a squeaky Christian that has not been oiled in God. And when I speak to oil, I'm speaking of the Holy Spirit. That if I'm gone before God, and I am being prepared for the harvest, and I'm coming before God, and God is able to examine me, and I let him get the crud out of my life, and I let him repair me, and I let him fill me with the Holy Spirit, I will be very effective out there, won't I? Isn't that right? Now, if I've not done that, I will end up being the type of a person that God can't use me in the harvest. Because a machine that is not well oiled and tuned upright will break down during the time of harvest. Now, I was kind of reminded of certain people. I know in my life that there's many a times when I start to squeak. God has shown me I'm a squeaker. And because I've got experience in the past that I don't want to remain a squeaker, I get the whole... Get the Holy Spirit to oil me up. And you want to know something? I've met a stand in my living room. And because I met Stan in my living room, I was able to share with Stan. And God has shown me, and by the way, Stan, the only reason Stan was in my real living room, we were talking about landscaping. And God has shown me it's just like a farmer. That when you plant the field and you do the harvesting, the intent is to harvest all of the grain. But if I don't harvest it all, some of the grain falls on the ground and it dies and never gets harvested. 
But God has shown me that in every one of our lives, there are different fields to harvest during different seasons. When I was in Amway, there were people that, at that time, I used to bring a lot of Amway people to Living Light. I mean, at that time, it wasn't called Living Light. It was a prayer, meet, prayer group. Because they, they could see something had changed drastically in Carol in my life all of a sudden. I would bring him on over there, and I says, one thing, you can come and receive what I come and make sure you don't talk about Amway. I don't believe that the church would be used for selling products out there. And they came. They never talked about Amway, nor did they ever recruit anybody in that church. But they come, and they got blessed. God, at that time, had people that's going to come around our life at that time for us to sow into, to be friends with, because there was a day God wanted to bring the harvest in. I want you to know that it is not Don Dano or John or Sherry Liscom that is going to bring the harvest right. right. Scripture says, Apollos planted, Paul watered, but God caused the growth. That means Don met at Sherry's basement, I mean Sherry's house. Sherry brought Jeff and Kathy Liscom in. God caused the growth. Carol and I just happened to be there, oiled, that day. And because our life was oil, we could share the vision of marriage with that group of people. God had something for Carol and I to be involved in that thing. Time has passed. And by the way, John, because of Dick and Sherry, John is here in this church today. Because God touched Dick and Sherry back then. Time has passed. And I met the Dan Riley. And you know why? Dan Riley, God had prepared beforehand. He had him so prepared that when I walked in, I mean, I just shared the right words and Dan just couldn't stop asking questions. Dan was never impressed. I mean, you talk about Dan's story. He says, Don was the problem toothpick. Dan was never impressed with me. Not at all. Dan didn't want to have any identity with me whatsoever. But that particular day, God had prepared him beforehand, was calling Dan. I happened to be there, and I was oiled. My wife and I just having a good relationship. I want you to know when my wife and I aren't having a good relationship, I ain't giving any testimony to anybody. I'm a squeaker, and God doesn't like to use squeakers. That particular day, Dan was so ready. I don't know if it was the first time or the second time, we walked out in his little porch there, and for 45 minutes, Dan was talking and asking me all kinds of questions. Is it real? Is it that? Then for the next six months, I sat in his chair. Half the time, Dan worked on me, and the other half the time, we fellowshiped about God. Because Dan was hungry, God was calling him in. You see, I enjoyed both of these. I had a lot of fun. There was no work at all. The only thing I had to do was just be oiled in God and be ready to be used in the field that God's got for me today. Now, Dan, Sam, I retired right now. That could not happen today like it happened back then. Would it have been possible that if I wasn't oiled in God... I could have shared. Would it have been possible? There was Carol 
who was sharing with Michelle Olson. I don't know how the, the relationship come about, but she was sharing with Michelle Olson. Michelle and, and Carol would get together. They would pray for Connie and for Richie. I didn't know who Connie and Richie were. But they were praying for them. One day I got introduced to Connie and to Richard. You want to know something? They came to know the Lord. You know, the greatest joy that I really had was when Greg was here. Connie was out of town with relatives or someplace, I don't know. But I see Richie here crying out before God. That's the joy of working in God's field. That is the joy. I, I know I'm getting cut a little bit short here, but I think there was so much spoken. So much that was spoken that came across this morning. In 2 Corinthians 3, 2, Paul talks about the letter of Christ written on our hearts. You know, in my examination, if there is something wrong inside, and I keep letting the Holy Spirit examining me, the only thing left is excitement in sharing. You can't help. The word came across there, compelled. You know what I see in the young adults here today? There's something within them. Well, you know what? You can build on that kind of future. You look at, you look at what's happening in the colleges today. I got a good friend up Eau Claire, a guy that we have, I have a business relationship with. Call me, and he says, Don, we can't meet together. He says, I got a problem. He didn't share with me what the problem was. The next day, he, two days later, he shared with him. The problem is that out of a small town, his daughter, that's 19 years old, went to the University of Wisconsin. And when she got there, it, the party scenes, the drug scenes, and she looks at everybody else, where the kids are at today. She comes from a good family. She looks at the testimony of the world, where the world's going. She got depressed. Dad had to go get her from that college and bring her back home because his daughter is so depressed because the school that's supposed to give an education, there is no hope. It is led by failures in most cases. We've got the best educated system in the world, but it is led by people whose personal life is a failure. Then we want to know as parents what's wrong with our kids. The problem isn't the kids. The problem is the harvest is ripe and it needs a lot of more of us like what's happening on the college and say, let me show you the way. And it causes people to know Jesus Christ. He told me up there, he says the problem is the pastor. No, the problem ain't the pastor. The problem is there isn't the hunger in the people for them to be to take care of the needs of the daughter, isn't that right? 
You see what I'm saying? You hearing what I'm saying? When I, I mean, when I came told this, I started asking me, asking a lot of questions. I said, Lord, who should I start sharing with? Because my wife and I, I do get excited about marriage. Because I have fun in it. I love it. And I'm reaping the good fruits. And it's good. And you know what? If I start squeaking, my wife has got that all her can there. And she goes, squirt, squirt. <laughs> something happens to her. I go, squirt, squirt. But you want to know something. Out of that can doesn't come squeak, squeak. It comes oil. And I think the problem today in too many marriages, when the husband starts to squeak, the wife doesn't get any oil, she squeaks along with him. And you got one big squeak. So much that the kids know they're squeaking. So anyway, I started saying, Lord, who do you want? Who am I? Who is in the field that I ought to be encouraging and sowing so that someday there can be a harvest? Now, the harvest might not come from Carol and I or myself. It may come from somebody else. Who is there around? You know some As I start praying, even in my busy schedule, you know, people say I'm busy. No, I'm never too busy. I always do what I want to do. <laughs> I do. I always do what I want to do. God started bringing people before me. I'm running into people that are living together. You know what? I used to judge them and stay away from them. I'm loving them. You know why I'm able to love them? Because I've had some oil poured into my heart. This week we had, uh, some of you may get blown away by this. Oh. <laughs> okay, I can't share this one yet. Okay, <laughs> My wife says, don't. We'll share it down the line. But I've been wa and there's another couple that my, wife and, that my wife and I met, okay, that we know that they are very frustrated, that we're just planting seeds, and I'm learning on how to make friends. I used to come in real fast and share. You can ask Dan Riley. I came in like a bulldozer sometimes, you know. You can ask Stan. But even in it, I'm learning now on how to share more, and I'm doing a lot more study. I picked up a fantastic book. It tells, oh, it's good. It's so good that I can't put it down. My wife is reading, it's so good, by Paul Little, How to Give Away Your Fate. You start reading this over here, and you get so excited that the first thing you want to do is get yourself tuned up. And I'll tell you why, because you don't realize. I mean, when you start meeting people, we are protected in this church. We're protected. We don't know how bad it's out there. I mean, there are some men that have been living together with their wife for 10 years and they haven't, he hasn't kissed his wife. There are some parents that wish their kids would never have been born. There are some kids that wish they had different parents. There are some people out there, so all they do is condemn government, condemn the church, and everything is being condemned. You know what? The field is right for you and I to squirt ourselves with a little oil and for God to use us in bringing the harvest in. 
It's not you that's doing the work. It's God that changes the hearts. You don't do nothing. You just get blessed. You know, like the prophets say to him, God is blessing you. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, in the process, when you're out there sowing and reaping, you're keeping yourself tuned up. Because you don't want to look like a squeak, squeak, squeak. I do that. I, when I share with somebody else, I always repent more than they do. I got to make sure my wife is doing well. Because when I'm sharing, and she's doing well, she might not go like this. And everybody else knows when my wife ain't doing well. And if my wife ain't doing well, it's most likely my fault. Because as husbands, we have that responsibility. Okay? Jesus said this. And I'm going to bring it to a close. Because we've got still more to do. Jesus said this. I only do what my Father is showing me to do. Evangelism is a lots of fun. A lots of fruit. If I am totally oiled up in God, full of the Holy Spirit, and I'm seeing what the Father is doing on people's life. I just happened to be there that day and see God is stirring within Dan Riley. God is stirring with Sherry and Nicholasville. God is stirring with Stan. God is the one that's doing it. I just happened to be there. And God is going to use me. How many here people want to be used by God? Raise your hands. Everybody that is in this church should be, well, okay, now here. It, it, well, let me tell you something. We have a new baby here. Where's Stephanie? She's downstairs. Here's Stephanie downstairs. Had a baby here on Wednesday. There she is. Had a baby here on Wednesday in church today. Isn't that exciting? You know, and I look at her smiles and, you know, and I look at the baby here and what a, what a joy being born in, in God's house. Isn't that exciting? What a future this baby has. Can we get excited about that? Our, my greatest excitement is when Carol and I share the gospel with somebody and they believed it and we're watching them change. Okay? That's going to be your, you know, the prophecy said blessings. God's going to bless me personally but the greatest blessing is going to be when God can take my blessing and share it with somebody else. Isn't that right? Okay? Now here, I want to break up into two groups. I'm awfully excited about this young group. And John, John and, and Kim are going to pray with the young group. Well, I want to pray with the people over 40. I tell you something, we ain't going to let them pass us up. You know... I looked at my dad when he was 40 years old. He was a heck of a lot better farmer than when he was 30. He got tired of repairing machinery that had not been greased. And 40 and above, if you're tired of being, having to repair your life all the time in certain areas, it's time, let's get it greased and keep it greased. I want to pray with the people over 40 on this side. And let me tell you something. If we're going to be all greased right, the church ain't going to hold us what's going to happen in the next 12 months. This is a time for the harvest. Now, by the way, you ain't going to do it because I said so. You're doing it because God's touched you and you're happy in your life. If you ain't happy in your life, do what he does to me. I have to go on my knees. 
or I go see John Lougie. <laughs> or Tim Pigatar, or maybe the home group leader. Okay, so let's do that, okay? I just wanna, let's just do this on this right now. Take up these rare chairs over here, the first three rows, and this over here. And if you want to be used of God, and if you want to be fruitful, and if you want to have fun, come up here for prayer. Okay? We just got done breaking bread. That's an excitement, isn't it? Let me tell you something. There's exciting things that are out there for us. I know if somebody's got to leave, you go ahead and leave. We're just going to have a time in God in ministering. Because I see, believe that 40 and above, God's going to do things with us. Amen? You hear me? Okay, then. What? My name is Ben. Good. That was from that was.